Welcome to the HealthLink Pridecast, the official LGBTQ health podcast of Centerlink. In each episode, we bring you news and ideas on key health topics, including stories for and by our network of 300 plus LGBTQ community centers. So let's get ready and learn lots. Hi everyone, I'm Corey Prounding Rincon. I'm the Director of Health Equity here at Centrelink, and welcome to the third edition of our newly revamped podcast, the HealthLink Pridecast. You may have been familiar with our, our previous podcast here where we did um, weekly news related to LGBTQ health. We've revamped that to be a little less frequent and a little bit more in-depth and featuring more interviews and more content that we hope is relevant for our 300 plus LGBTQ community centers who are members of Centerlink, as well as those who are interested in LGBTQ community health. For this episode, I'm really excited to sit down um, with Calvin Pugh, who, um, in addition to being a good friend of mine, is an amazing community advocate and is one of the leaders behind Zero HIV Stigma Day. This is a new effort, so if you haven't heard of it before in previous years, that's because it didn't exist until this year. Um, it is launching in just a couple of days as of when we sat down for this interview. But even if you're listening to this after the fact, definitely go to check out zerohivstigmaday.org. We're going to learn from Calvin all about the resources and information that's available, um, and I hope that you'll find it as interesting as I did. So thanks so much for coming on, Calvin. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's the pleasure of my life, truly. Oh, I can... I can absolutely believe that from, from the bottom of your heart. Um, so you and I have been friends for a couple of years. It feels like a lot longer. I feel like two or three years of pandemic time was like a lifetime outside of the pandemic. Um, but our listeners may or may not know you. So can we start out by just hearing a little bit more about who you are? Absolutely. So I'm Calvin Pugh, and I am the Senior Advisor on Community Engagement for IAPAC, which is the International Association of Providers of AIDS Care. Uh, I am a person living with HIV. I am a rock climber. I'm a dog dad, a son, a daughter, a son, brother. Um, but I've been working in HIV since 2017, which was about six months after my diagnosis when I came out about my status publicly and realized that this was like the field I needed to be in. People were so receptive to my, my disclosure on online that I realized that this is where my purpose was. So here we are all these years later. Yeah, quite a few years, six six years later. Um, so uh, the reason why I was excited to have you come on, aside from any uh, excuse or opportunity for us to talk together and hang out, um, was for you to tell us a little bit about Zero HIV Stigma Day, which at the time of our recording is only a couple days away. Can you tell us when and what Zero HIV Stigma Day is? Absolutely. So Serious Me Stigma Day is July 21st every single year. We chose July 21st to honor the late great South African AIDS activist Prince Mabele, who was one of the, was the first woman in South Africa to disclose her status at a time when there were no ART, there was no antiretroviral therapy, there was no treatment of any kind in Africa, and the stigma was exceptionally high at that time in the world. So for what she did in coming out and being so brave, and then Throughout the rest of her life, she spent her time advocating for women and girls and gender-based violence, 
um, and to end the stigma for people living with HIV and for demanding access to treatment. She changed the world around her, um, and we really wanted to honor her life in that way. Yeah, that's really great. Um, can you tell us, like, why stigma uh, is the focus of the day, and, and more broadly speaking, why that is such an important issue with respect to HIV? Well, for me to do that, I've got to go back a little bit. And you were there when we met with NAS, uh, which is a sexual health charity in London, who presented IAPAC with this idea that there wasn't a global day of awareness or action against HIV stigma. HIV stigma has been a persistent uh, driver of the HIV epidemic for the last four decades. And there was no day that really honored the experiences that people have with stigma and how that affects their lives and how that affects people who aren't living with HIV. Stigma uh, is, a, is such a insidious problem in the HIV space. Um, it really keeps people from going to get tested because they're afraid that they'll be, they'll be diagnosed. They're afraid to go to treatment because they're afraid they'll be seen in that clinic. They're afraid to seek support services because they're afraid other people know about their status. So we, when they brought it to us, when NAS brought it to us, they, they had this idea that, you know, we needed a day globally to take action against HIV stigma. And we tumbled it around. I keep using the example of like a rock tumbler we had when we were kids where you took the like ugly rock and you'd spin it around and you'd get like a gym out of it. And there was a lot of time that you and I and then, you know, other folks really kind of tossed the idea around. And ultimately we ended up with zero HIV stigma day because the UNAIDS has, has put a benchmark for 2030 that less than 10% of people living with HIV and their affected communities experience stigma and discrimination. But the reality is that's we're not close to that goal, and we really want to demand a little further. So we're asking people to take action, educate themselves on stigma, its various forms, and how that impacts people who are living with HIV, but also the communities that are affected by HIV and how that keeps them from engaging in, in health-seeking behavior. Yeah, and, you know, you mentioned, like, affected communities as well. And and so I'm thinking about all of the populations um, that we serve, whether that's LGBTQ folks or others that are disproportionately impacted, whether that's, you know, Black and Latinx folks here in the U.S., um, uh, people who engage in sex work, people who use uh, certain drugs, like all of these populations that face additional stigma and discrimination um, outside of the HIV context and how that interacts with HIV related stigma, too. Um, and, you know, can can imagine how uh, those interacting forms of stigma are really impacting mental health as well as uh, HIV outcomes. So definitely seems like a very um, worthwhile topic for sure. Um, can you tell us uh, a little bit for those of us um, who are uh, engaging communities in different ways? I know you have a background um, working at the community level in addition to your role in community engagement now, um, which maybe you want to talk a little bit more about, too. Um, but like what can people who are working at the community level or who are supporting community level work do to address this kind of stigma? Well, I think the first thing is with all things is to educate yourself. So finding out about what, sti what stigma looks like from the institutional to the interpersonal and then the self-stigma, um, the way that people internalize the messages that they see from the outside world, you know, educating yourself about how that looks like, what that looks like, and also educating yourself about like the current science of HIV. 
you know, today we, we live in a world where we went from lots of pills every single day to today there are singles habit regimens and even an injectable that someone gets every two months. And those things help people not only live long, healthy lives, but it also helps them reach undetectable, which means that there's the low, a low enough level of virus in their blood that they cannot transmit sexually. And the risk with all the science that has been done over the years to, to impact that message of undetectable equals untransmittable or U equals U, the risk is zero. So if a person's taking their meds as they're supposed to, and that virus is undetectable, there is no risk of having condomless sex or for them to have a baby or for them to, to even breastfeed, which is kind of a new discovery, which is exciting. But I think education is always the first form, right? And I think it's important to talk about stigma and the way it impacts people with your colleagues or your friends. Having those conversations is what changes changes lives. And I think it also, you know, what's really important, too, is just to, like, be aware of the words that we use. Words are really powerful. And, you know, there's so many things and so many experiences over over the years of television, the way that HIV has been portrayed, that how that's impacted you know, the worldview of HIV and those narratives. So I think it's important to educate ourselves and to change the, you know, change the narrative. And you can certainly find lots of tools for learning about HIV stigma at the website, which is www.0hivstigmaday.org. Great. Yes. I'm glad that we got that plug in there. Um, while we're on that subject, are there ways in particular that you're hoping that people will engage um, on and beyond the HIV Stigma Day that maybe they should, you know, check out the, the website? I know you're also very active on social media, um, ways mm-hmm. that they can engage to kind of help, you know, basically educate themselves and also spread the message in their networks, which is really important. Absolutely. So on the website, it uh it has all of the links to our socials. Zero HIV Stigma Day socials was we're on Instagram, Threads, Twitter, ugh, and Facebook. And uh, we, so all of those socials are available there. There's also a digital toolkit that has assets, social media handles. It has the the really key messages we're pushing out this year for this year's theme of Human First. Uh, we chose that theme to coincide with the 75th anniversary of the Human Declaration of the United Universal Declaration on Human Rights. Um, and just in the thought process that those of us who are living with HIV, before we were living with HIV, or before any of the differences that make us different, that maybe make us outsiders, we're human first. So all those tools are available online. You know, what, what we're asking people to do is to share those those digital assets on their personal social media. Um, I think that's, that's going to be challenging for some people who you know, it's certainly be challenging for some people who are living with HIV who don't or aren't open about their status. I think it's also going to pose a challenge for some people who aren't. Uh, there is an association with posting and talking about HIV that that can in itself is a form of stigma that people sit there and they go, oh, I can't share this. What do people think that of me? Um, but I'm asking people to, you know, do it, make a difference that day. The other thing that, that they can do is there's inf- there will be information here shortly. Um, about our film premiere, which will happen on the 21st of July. Uh, we've, we've done an incredible, uh, a very incredible feat of filming six individuals in six different cities around the globe uh, and talking about their lived experience uh, with HIV stigma and how they're working to stop it. Well, that's really exciting. I'm looking forward to checking out um, the film. And, you know, I, I just think it's so interesting, you know, that... <laughs> 
like the need to to share this message and bring an end to stigma and the fact that there's still so much stigma all of these years later that even sharing a message about stigma um, is stigmatizing and, you know, like that playing into people's um, people's fear about doing it. And I know, you know, some people based on their their identity, their their health, their, you know, whatever they may have, like a, a real need to kind of, you know, protect their their privacy and their safety. But I hope that people who have the privilege of like being able to to take that step um are able to do so and to to speak out against it. I mean, I think for those of us who have been engaged in this work, it's just, it's so, I don't know. It's just so, it's so incredible how the stigma has persisted and how that has like outlived the, any scientific basis, much less like the human rights element, which should not depend on medical advancements or anything. I mean, that's, that should come first. But even, even if we say, okay, like, you know, let's just look at the science, like that things have changed so much and yet people's perceptions have really not um, kept up. So really kind of but, incredible that that's where we are today. I think that oh, it kind of speaks to what I think the great days on Dixon Diallo says, which shows that Sigma is just a Trojan horse for all of the oppression that, that, that marginalized communities experience. You have this, this thing, you know, combined racism, homophobia, transphobia, you know, misogyny, put all those things in one box. And that's what stigma looks like, just pointed at people living with HIV. And I think the, there, even in my own experience of, you know, either working in, in the health center or being out in the community, um, in, you know, in my previous roles working in health centers, there was so much stigma you could visually see when people would, they wouldn't come talk to you. They wouldn't like, there would be times, especially early on in my diagnosis, like people just stopped associating with me. And I think it, you know, it is truly wild that we are at this place, 2023, where we've got science to where we are today. People are living long, full lives, but they're still not living the fullest life they could because of the way that they're being treated or spoken to or how they feel about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's really true. I, I guess I also I'm trying I'm trying to be a more hopeful and optimistic person as one of my my goals for the year. And I think, you know, we've also seen some signs of progress. I know, like I, I was working at Women Walker Health in D.C., like when starting 12 years ago during law school, that was, you know, my my first internship in law school and ended up being being my job for a couple of years. And we, you know, we literally started out. I It was like a windowless, like dark uh clinic that you you know had to kind of like sneak your way into and you know it it was things were really uh in, in a literal sense in the dark and you know not only have they opened up a big beautiful um light filled building but it also just it felt like a, a lot of the work that was being done at the community level in DC when I was living there for 10 years you know really started to change people's perceptions but i think that that so much of that happens at the local level um and that's why i was excited to share this message with centerlink's audience which is largely people who are working at local lgbtq centers or who are interested uh in that work that's being done i think that it really has to change locally on the ground and so it's great to have this international day i know you've gotten a lot of great press you've been recognized by a lot of national and international um, you know, government entities, et cetera. Um, really exciting, all of that. But I, at the end of the day, the, the real, like, 
it needs to happen at the local level, right? Like among your group of friends, your contacts uh, around your community. And that's where I think we can really see the the change um, happen. You know, like all of, all of the big picture work works if it translates to the local level. And if not, then I think a lot of times that's where we get stuck. So hopefully, um, you know, this is, this will be a, a really good step forward in that respect. I hope so. Are there any like outcomes um, that you're especially like hoping to see or um, or excited to see based on how things have been going in the planning process? I'm super. So we've already gotten really great feedback for the digital toolkit and the assets are available for folks to use. I'm starting to see people's like social handles change over to the logo. It's very cool to see. Um, I think the the thing that I'm gonna I'm looking forward to most of them that I'm hoping for is that the feedback that we get is from community people on the ground in the places where maybe they don't feel as seen and they don't feel, you know, like these great interventions that happen all over the world. Maybe they don't feel like those reach them. Um, I really hope that we, you know, at some point touch the lives of people who don't feel like they're being touched by the social services and the, you know, all the great clinic teams that are around, but those people who are really suffering from, you know, that self stigma, that internalized, you know, kind of like poison they've drank themselves. I really hope that that, that the film and through the stuff that we've produced and through the partnerships that we've built, because we've built these great partnerships. You know, I, I was so excited this last, the last two weeks ago that Pacha, which is the president's uh, advisory council on HIV and AIDS, uh, signed a declaration for the day uh, demanding stigma reduction in across the United States, which that, that was pretty cool. Um, but, I'm hoping that these things have a real life impact for real people and that whoever's sitting out there and they haven't disclosed their status or they're afraid, afraid to go get tested. I hope that it motivates them to go. No, because they're, you know, life can get better. Well, life sometimes gets better, but you get better when you learn to handle things. Thanks again to Calvin for coming in um, virtually with us to discuss Zero HIV Stigma Day. Again, the website is zerohivstigmaday.org if you want to go check that out. If you're listening to this before or on July 21st, great. Jump in on the social media bandwagon, help to spread the word. If you're listening to this anytime after, then that uh, documentary that Calvin mentioned will already be posted so you can go and check that out and learn more. And that brings to a close another edition of our HealthLink Pridecast. Don't forget that you can find us online at lgbthealthlink.org. You want to learn more about us and find some of the resources, including stuff from today's episode. Thanks, and hope you'll tune in next time.